welcome back to the Beer and Sears podcast, episode five of the 2018 season. Bingo. Boy, damn. I, I I tweeted this out afterward, and I truly meant it. It was not Miller Light induced. That was a, this is one of the happiest I've been in a long time. That was a really drunken is. tweet for sure. I it was not. It. it really wasn't. It was it genuine. Was. Was, no, it was genuine emotion. I saw that while I was watching the Astros game after the game. I was like, oh, there's Stu. He got on the phone, or his phone's charged again. Okay, and then I started tweeting on the Beers and Tears account. That was a little. That was a little emotion. Drunken emotions hey, got the but best of me. I, hey, I think it was. I mean, you should. That was awesome. I mean, that was incredible. The game was incredible. We'll obviously dive into that. It's probably going to be a pretty lengthy one just because of how good the game was. But first, we got to do the the usual shout-outs, as always. Uh, Thomas Rochelle sending us in uh, pictures of the koozies on Saturday. And he got his friend who was in, like, New York or something. Oh, that yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, uh, that was pretty clutch. Have you got other people that are, don't follow us on social media that have our uh, merchandise? Yeah, tell them to uh, spread the word. 100%. Uh, we also, last week, big thank you, shout out to pretty much everyone. Uh, that was our highest listened episode, I believe, ever. Um, I will have to go back and check the stats on the past few seasons, but I'm pretty sure. What was the number? Was. Uh, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was high. Um, <laughs> it, <laughs> it was several, it was over 50, I'll put it that way. 50,000? Yeah, it was over 50,000. Um, just keep on, uh, you know, spreading the word. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Stitcher, whatever that is. Uh, keep on keeping on. We're on Google Play. We're on Anchor. We're on – there's one other, but I am keep on forgetting it. Uh, keep on sending us voicemails. We've got some awesome ones to play today. I think we've got four to play today, which is oh, sweet. I got a shout-out. Shout-out to uh, Sam McAllister for the text. Oh, there you go. Uh, we, we got a new listener in Sam McAllister, so – yeah, Sam, tell your friends about the, uh, the pod. Same with Oliver Newberry. He texted me as well. Um, we got a big uh, following now all over the state, which is badass. Uh, keep on the voicemails. It's 802-487-6107. That's 802-487-6107. That's all over our Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Uh, if you've ordered a T-shirt, we got a ton of T-shirt orders in this past week. It's awesome. You got to make sure if you if I get any Venmos right now, then you'll get a on air shout out just like last week. But keep on going. We re upped on larges and XL. So uh, I know we were tweeting out and everything last week that we were out, but we re upped on that. So keep on Venmoing me at Stuart Dash McLaughlin for all you little fuckers that texted me that. Not uh, slash. Not that's slash. It. All Saints education right there. Hey, that's messed up. And, uh, that includes a koozie. People were a little confused with that T-shirt and koozie for fifteen dollars. That's the. I think that's what everyone is. That's the pushing. Everyone's like, okay. I'm gonna get the shirt now to get the koozie. I will like, if you. I hopefully I'm getting these in, bef- the Friday before OU. So if you yeah, live let's in, talk about let's talk about our plan. I guess on giving those out. Last year we tried to do the koozies at Bomb Factory. That didn't work. We just started at Vernon Shanker. That did not work. We just started so, throwing them everywhere. Uh, uh, we're. I guess we'll plan on. Uh, doing regional distribution. Regional distribution. Yes, we will be. Uh, I will obviously take care of Dallas Fort Worth. I'm probably going to give Austin ones to one Panda Joseph. John will obviously be taking Houston. If you aren't Southeast. in that demographic area, we don't know what we're going to do. We'll give it to you if you're coming in at OU. I'll obviously make sure to give it to you by Sunday on Sunday. Yes. We'll have so. provisions, whether it's, well, you know, if you're DC, New York, we'll figure something out. We will hundred we'll percent figure something out. Uh, we we'll, got contacts. We got people. We are uh, one with the fans. This is 
uh, you know, something fun for us just to kind of spread the word and spread the pod. But all right, yep. let's keep, uh, uh, keep on buying or telling people about the shirts. We want a hundred percent. And uh, we are we gonna rep those Friday night at OU? Are we gonna wear them? Yeah, why not? Sure, let's do it. Uh, wait, I, well, hopefully we have no, we don't have enough for us. That's my goal. Is that we sold so many that we don't? Why does Why does Cotton have two shirts? Uh, because is that for his OU date or something? I don't know. Yeah, he bought one for his OU date. I think that's the way the the, the double XL is for his OU date. Um, good. Yeah. So keep on buying those at Stewart slash McLaughlin. God, fuck. Dash McLaughlin. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. Okay, screw that. No more t-shirt talk. It's t-shirt time. Let's jump right into it. TCU. Oh, my God. That was a fucking ass-kicking. I mean, it was. Like, I'm so high on that. I still am. I was so high after the Saturday game. I was with all my TCU friends, and I barely even talked crap to it. I was just that happy. I wasn't even in, like, an angry mood. I mean, nothing negative was going to affect me like it was they knew that that was an ass kicking and it was so clearly seen by both teams and obviously the home crowd and I think the rest of college football I mean coaches poll AP poll like we're top 25 team now it's yeah yeah some people were yeah we'll get into everyone's opinions on that but uh let's go right into it I mean the the Patterson at the end punting on fourth down and, and we, I think he had two timeouts left. Yes, he did. And then when the, we get the ball back, we ran a run play, and he didn't call a timeout. I was like, "What? Yes. what is going on? This is not Patterson. This is like the antithesis of like, no, we're never – game's never over until we're over. He's that coach. And he just yeah, no, gave it, up. It looked like he had waved the white flag, which was weird. He had taken the headset off. He had adjusted his belt. He takes his head – I couldn't tell that. He took his headset off? Yeah, it was crazy. He started, oh like, God. adjusting his belt like he normally does. Yeah. Uh, but then, after the third down play, where they finally called one, I believe. It was after second down. After second down. Okay. He freaked out at one of his assistants. So really? I don't know if something happened before like, they panned over there or if he wasn't aware of the timeout situation because that was not Patterson-like um, to not either go for it on fourth or at least do some clock management to give your team a chance. Right. Um, or he knew that Sean Robinson was hurt, which we'll get to in a little bit mm-hmm. as well. Um, and he just was like, you know, there's no chance of this YD coming out there, whoever that, that, that guy was. No. But the the main thing is, is Texas officially – Whoa, 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 whoa. No. I didn't say it. No, that was a – yes, good. No one can say it. No, there's this is what I'm going to say. This is what I'm going to say. Texas is officially back. Oh, no. I didn't close. say it. I didn't say the last two letters. Nope, too close. I thought you said it, honestly. But, no, no I, we have, we made a statement that all Beers and Steers followers are boycotting the word blank uh, this week. No, I'm saying possibly back. next week. I'm saying back. No, no, no but, I mean, <clears throat> before we jump into the players and, and our goods and bads on both sides of the ball, I mean, to, kind of to your point that you made when we jumped into this game analysis, we were the more physical team. When we punched them in the face after we went down, we were down – what, 13-10? But or they mm-hmm. came down 16, and they ran 10. down off the road. Uh, yeah, you're right, you're right. So we were the more physical team in the second half. It was awesome. That was the first time I'd seen us do that TCU since – I don't even want to say the 2013 game because that was a rain out and it was such a weird, mm, weird, such game. weird game. So it was great to see us be the more physical team and more uh, – I guess won it more. So, mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, 
and just the main de- negatives I saw were the lack of uh, people at the game. And I kind of texted some guys before. I was like, this just doesn't feel like as big of a game or as hyped up as like USC. And I get it. It's Texas. It's USC. It's history. We don't want to give TCU that credit. I am all for that. Don't get me wrong. But it's still a top 25 team against a team who's waxed our ass for the past four years. And it kind of – I don't know. I, I didn't think it was as bad as people thought. I know I'm going to get text. It was bad. I didn't think it was that bad. In the TV, they showed some spots that were pretty bad. But uh, it is what it is. I mean, it's TCU. They don't draw that big of a crowd. It's just kind of the state of our program right now. we got to keep winning to fill the stadium. I mean, Webb, we kind of talked about this the other day. Winning cures cures all those kind of issues. So, um, yeah, our stadium is big and it's – environment kind of a, to create an environment seem to be needs to be completely full tcu never necessarily draws a big crowd for some reason one because those games were on thanksgiving in the past but two mm-hmm. um going i guess in this instance it was a week after probably the biggest game at home all year so that's probably the biggest to get. game at home in like four years i mean since Notre dame Notre dame yeah so tough to get people to travel back in um back-to-back games like that and day games. There's a lot of bunch of factors that go into that. But, yeah, there was – it was I mean, not disappointing, but it just kind of sucked to see some some of the corners empty. Yeah, I, I just – I don't know. I didn't think it was that bad. I still thought the stadium was loud as hell. Uh, the music was rocking. I think Del Conte turned it up even more from USC. Uh, I was I was completely – I was not as shocked or as negative as other people. I was more – negative on the front end and then once the game started I was like okay we're, we can we can make this an environment that's hostile uh shout out bruce feldman's article on sports illustrated if you haven't oh, read yeah. that oh yeah that was a really good article just basically talking about how dead dkr used to be and as he liked to call it the quietest 100,000 people in the nation he's right it was um and that's completely changed i mean del Conte, we, we've already stroked him off enough yeah no um, need to talk about that anymore yeah we'll talk about that actually i see him tomorrow night yeah you do and you need to uh, introduce him and give him a fake business card or something but <laughs> I, all right let's just go into it the good the bad what we saw we'll start with the offense i i mean i have to do it i think there's four weeks in a row but i don't care five weeks in a row the, the offensive line played unbelievable they got a great push uh, against a D-line that was a little, you know, kind of not up to par with them. I can't remember the last time I said that TCU D-line was an inferior unit compared to the Texas O-line. But when your best running back's banged up and you give your quarterback all day to throw and he's not being forced into bad decisions off blitzes, um, anything like that, like, it was incredible. And Sam took advantage of it. Um, no sacks either, which I don't – I'm no, there, sure. were, there were a few sacks. Okay, maybe one. No, like quarterback bad sacks is what basically I mean, what I'm saying. No, I, I, I agree with you. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the uh, offensive line stepped up. Um, they uh, The only time I saw them struggle were the first two possessions of the second half. Yeah, where that, was, that was rough. We, you know, clearly Patterson had thrown a curveball to us and our guys were not ready, but Herb Hand got our guys, I guess, on the sideline after that second possession and was like, mm-hmm. all right. Let's change this. And, I mean, immediately after that, we were driving the ball and giving Sam time again. Um, we reduced the penalties, which was nice. Yep. Um, I think there was a couple holdings and then one uh, clipping by Chris that Center. Was, yeah, that was weird. Um, but I don't think there was a false start. Or maybe there no, was one or two, but no, there, there was no, no, you know, BS. Uh, I guess there was, there was not a bunch of calls against our offensive line. That kind of put us behind the chains. So. There was no, like, you know, super long run. Uh, that was called back for a, a hold. Yes, 
Oh, yeah, exactly. Which and we had I, seen and, in the previous games, but yeah. But your boy, Cosme, was getting a bunch of shout-outs by, uh, wow, I just, oh, Brady Quinn. Uh, really? He was getting a lot of cred. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, if Brady Quinn's giving him a <laughs> shout-out, though. Hey, it's better than getting roasted like the offensive line used to do all the time. That's a good point. But, um, yeah, yeah offensive line, great job. Uh, um, should, I, should I take one? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, mine's kind of lame. I think everyone can guess who this is, but Colin Johnson. I mean, he stepped up at 124-yard game, um, highest, um, I guess, receiving yards for a receiver this year. Um, but, yeah, the first half he had multiple plays uh, that kind of kept the ball moving, and the TD catch was, was pretty sick. Oh, it was so lie. sick. It was an overthrown ball, but who cares? It made it for a sweeter catch. But I was watching it with a crew, and it was just like, give that guy a chance to make a play, mm-hmm. and he is going to, like, you know, do something electric. There were multiple times where he got overthrown or underthrown, but that's whatever. But his uh, route running, blocking downfield on the little Jordan Humphrey touchdown. and Yes, uh, that was incredible. I was like, people were, like, freaking out. They are like, oh, my God, it's blocking the back. It's like, no, he's just got that dude stuck, and he's yeah, not he going does. anywhere. And, and his, uh, God, I think it was a couple of the, oh, the third down play. Yeah, when I texted you. <laughs> yes, the awareness. That was incredible. Uh, that, that was huge. So I texted John with seven minutes left when Colin Johnson converted that third down. I was like, it should have been a four-yard catch, and he made it into a seven-yard catch. I texted John and me like, let's play the game. Like That, that changed. That uh, sealed TCU it. Get, TCU getting the ball yep. down one score with eight minutes left yep. to TCU getting the ball down, down two, two scores, scores. and yeah. with three minutes left. So. Right. Uh, huge shout out to Colin Johnson. Finally, I don't know if it was because Little Jordan Humphrey had the best corner on him or what, but CJ finally had his game that he he just completely woke up. So, I, yeah, um, I completely agree. Yeah. Um, we're gonna go. I'm gonna go pretty against the grain here, and people are gonna f- probably not gonna like this, but it's we're gonna give him credit because we haven't done it yet. Tim Beck had a great game with play calling. I probably think it was his best game at Texas. Uh, maybe tied with USC last year. Probably beat it out. Yeah. Obviously, everyone's in the group. What about the fourth down toss? Okay, yeah, that was obviously an unbelievably terrible call. The under center thing just did not fool TCU at all. Uh, but other than that, he didn't force Sam into anything hard. Obviously, his O-line helps that. He makes freaking Trey Watson look like Cedric Benson. Um, <laughs> like, no, like, those stupid rollout plays with Sam where he's limiting himself to only two reads and like he maybe doesn't do it and everyone in the world knows that he's just gonna tuck it and try to run for three yards I mean like I don't know it was it was great watching it was just one of those things where he was not being too predictable like he had been in every other game it feels like Um, I think the perfect example is when we went five wide and ran the QB power two plays in a row and they both went for like over five yards and it was the perfect of like keeping it simple but not being too predictable uh i don't know i i think he, he deserved it and people probably aren't gonna like that just because he hasn't been as great as people thought and a lot of people are calling for his head mine included but or he's he, gonna like shit a brick this next week or something yeah no probably i'm so cursing him but uh, he deserved it he played or he played or uh, played he coached and called a really good game on offense you could say he played i mean why not sure why not uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think intermixing those QB runs while we were spreading our spreading out of the five wide was nice to see. Um, Sam was obviously much more comfortable running the ball. Um, 
than this week than he was. And I don't know. The first week it just seemed and like no no Keontae either, like or limited Keontae. He played in the second quarter. Uh, he had a nice drive. I mean, he had like what forty yards total, which something like that, yeah. Yeah. So I mean, he yeah thirty eight yards. So Keontae played. He looked a little banged up. He didn't look a like little banged up. A little banged up. He didn't look like he was running as hard as he had been in the past. So right. Um, no, I agree with you, Tim Beck. Credit, but I still have a asterisk next to his name because I just don't don't trust the guy. Um, I'm gonna shift the bad for the sake of time. Um, I'm gonna go bad. Daniel Young. He did not match the physicality that the rest of our team brought. He looked soft. He got, I mean, absolutely rocked by some like second string linebacker named Wallow or something mm-hmm. uh, by TCU multiple times while running up the middle and then I don't know if it's his fault on that fourth down play because it just was a bad design but he just he didn't bring it this week um, so it was really tough for me to find a bad so I had to force it with him I think I had a bad on him the other week as well for the fumble but um, I think it's kind of getting to that point where Trey Watson and Keontae are our go-to guys and Daniel Young is kind of the bulldozer, but it's not working so far. So right. um, that was my, I guess, bad. Yeah. Only bad for the offensive line. I, I didn't have – this was kind of a stretch, but Cade Brewer did not have a good game. He really didn't play that much. Um, but when he did play, he was missing on blocks, getting absolutely bitched. I think on that fourth down, he just got absolutely manhandled by one of those linebackers shooting up. Like I said, he didn't play that much, so it's hard to give him that much credit. And the, every single time, you know, he kind of has a bad play or something, you got to think, is this knee completely healthy? Like, how badly do we need him going forward? I mean, next year we got no no back left. If we could redshirt Brewer maybe and give him, you know, another year of rest essentially, that would be huge. Now that kind of leads to another question, who would be the second tight end? I, I mean, Lytow played okay last year. He, uh, in my opinion, was a better blocker in Brewer. Obviously not nearly as good as running routes and not nearly as fast. But I don't know. It's just an idea. It's more of a bad and more of an indifferent than anything. But I just didn't see anything from a guy who really hasn't cemented himself like he did uh, last year. Yeah, I think it's something to kind of keep keep an eye on. Hopefully Beck stays healthy and we don't need to worry about that. But... Um... Should we shift to the defense for the sake of time? Oh, yeah, 100%. So, I'm going to do a little intro before we jump into players, but kind of talk before we got on, on air tonight. But I'm confident in saying that Todd Orlando won this game for us. Um, he, Our defense got punched in the face the first drive. We were, They had us off balance. We weren't ready to play. Um, I think they, they settled for a long field goal. Um, of course, it was like that kicker's longest field goal of his career or something that he nailed. Uh but he made adjustments in the second drive that shut TCU down. And then in the second half, it was just lights out defense. Mm-hmm. I was so excited. But something I noticed um, and I wanted to get your opinion on was, I guess, one of the formations we were running with our one, uh, number ones out there was the three two six. 2 What I don't know if you – I don't know if it's necessarily called a three two six, but he had – I mean, with with Roach being out, we had to you know respond in some way. And uh, McCulloch did not get the start, or Shark did not get the start. But mm-hmm. it was interesting. He had Chuck uh, Nelson and, and Hager down um, per usual, and then Gary and, and uh, Anthony Wheeler kind of roaming. And then 
Right. Uh, intermix Chris Brown and PJ as the nickels, and then of course you have B. Jones, Stearns, Boyd, and Davis on the outsides. But it was it was really interesting to see how they work with PJ and Chris Brown, and then bring in blitzes with that. It was well, and Foster um, in the second half. Yeah, I, yeah, but it, yeah, exactly. So Chris Brown um, randomly had a great game. Um, yeah. Don't know where that came from, but he blitzed multiple times and put a lot of pressure on um, on uh, Sean Robinson. But what do you, what do you what's your opinion on Sean Robinson and that, his his game? Yeah, we so going into it, I was really kind of stroking him, and for good reason. I mean, he played pretty well against Ohio State. I think. I mean, obviously the sack fumble in the end zone was not good, and then the what's it called the pitch forward, the option pitch, whatever to the front shovel pass for a pick was bad also but he's still young he's still fast as hell in the first half i mean he had like i think over 50 yards uh which is not good and then in the second i don't know what happened i john and i were talking before this and i've seen it kind of in a few other places he might have gotten hurt bad because obviously he got pulled at the end of the game and after the second half i mean he looked so terrible that pick that b jones had should not have been a pick. It should have been a touchdown. I mean, anyone could have made that throw, and he threw it literally right into his head. I don't know what was going on. I wouldn't be surprised if he was hurt or at least something nicked. Uh, if he's out for more than three games, then TCU's got a rough stretch ahead because yeah. that dude behind him was not good. Oh, no, my they, he, I mean, he did not look healthy, but what was weird when he came off the – when he threw that pick to B. Jones, which was a terrible throw, like you said, he was kind of coming off the off – the, I also feel like laughing and everyone was really uh, yeah it was it was weird he just had huh. a whether he's he's a really cocky guy or everyone likes him and knows it was just a stupid mistake but he I agree that he makes big mistakes um like the fumble that I'll, I'll get to in a little bit that kind of turned the game around mm-hmm. um, well, I mean he's just the perfect quarterback for that offense just gets the ball out so quick and then can take those shots downfield and pick up yards with his feet I mean, he's yeah, I had, coming I had perfect. Uh, much higher expectations, to be honest. When we go into the game, I was like, "Oh man, this guy's gonna tear us apart." He did. He did not look good. He didn't look confident on the field. So mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see how his health impacts um, impacts the TCU season because I could see them having a good year uh, moving forward. I saw I looked at their schedule and they don't have much in terms of road games. I think they have OU, Oklahoma State at home. Right. But regardless, not our issue anymore. But. Yeah, I, I agree. It was kind of uh, underwhelming. I think they have West Virginia at home, too. So, yeah, not the worst uh, stretch of the season no. left. But, uh, yeah, no, it was uh, it was really fun to watch Orlando in the second half, just completely dialed up. I mean, he was kind of living and dying by the blitzes, and he, a lot of you know more of them hit than not. So, it worked. Uh, and especially when they put that poor quarterback in, he started bringing the house. You could tell he was like, okay, I'm taking advantage of being able oh. to completely shut the door on this game, and he did. It was yeah. fun as hell to watch. But let's go into it, the good and the bad. I'm going to go first because I'm being selfish. I mean, we, we, everyone's talking about it. I mean, Caden Stearns looks like freaking Earl Thomas out there. I'm I'm so impressed with this kid. He does not look like a true freshman. He looks like a freaking senior. I'm I'm 100% dead serious. This is probably the most outrageous thing I'll say all season. But I wouldn't be surprised if he is invited to New York as a Thorpe Award finalist at the end of the year. I'm dead serious. Like, yeah, I saw your note there. I, I, I That might be a little steep, but I like the optimism. Um, 
I don't I don't know what the competition is the rest in the rest of the NCAA for Thorpe Award, uh, I guess nominees. But yeah, he's having an outstanding year. I think more on along the lines of All Big Twelve, maybe freshman of the year. So I don't know. I I agree that he has, he's he brings it every game. He uh, I like the as Zach Maffridge, Earl Thomas um, comparison. He's getting that comparison all over media. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I'm it's just so to, easy to see. Like yeah, I, I, they're kind of like similar players, similar uh, physicality. And then I I'm waiting for Earl Thomas to like tweet out. At, at Stearns or something just to like I don't know that'd be, I think that'd be kind of cool for our alumni players okay to, have you seen the thing that people are kind of starting like what to nickname them no so I don't know how much attention it's garnering but it's gotten a little bit and it's the wolf of DKR I'm indifferent of it I can't decide if I like it or not uh no try again yeah I, it just wasn't I don't know it could be better. I mean, he's going to be so freaking good. It's got to be like a fucking badass name, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I don't but, know. That's right. enough on him. Who do you got for uh, – let's, go. let's, stick, let's stick with the D-backs. Uh, good. I mean, unbelievable game. B. Jones. He uh, had the pick uh, that was kind of put in his, like, left pocket. But he also had – I don't know if you noticed this, but the hit on Sean Robinson on the, like, one-inch yard line. Yes. At the end of, at the, end of the first yes. half. That at the end of the day doesn't matter because they scored over Chris Boyd, but still, like someone laying their neck on the line like that on the one inch yard line is really awesome to see again. We used to 100%. just get like blown over. So, um, also he nailed Turpin on a play and did like I mean it was not yeah he didn't thing. that he didn't get up for a while too yeah so I mean <laughs> well regardless of that but he like was smart he didn't like knock him out and knock him in the head so like he we our defense is finally playing smart again and not I mean. Well, I guess B.J. Foster didn't play as much, so <laughs> that's why. That, but, that might help. Yeah, huge huge game from B. Jones with the pick, and then there's the the huge hits. The um, physical presence of him and the open field tackling is so, like, incredible just to watch and see. For another guy who's just not that old to begin with, um, yeah, he's kind of – I mean, I know Stearns is kind of stealing the spotlight, which is crazy to say from Brandon Jones. But, I mean, he's just as just as important to the defense and especially, you know, to the DBs and cu- kind of covering up on Devontae and Chris Boyd and, uh, and coverage while also basically hitting and playing the run like a linebacker. Uh, and I, the open field tackles, man. He had multiple – him and Devontae Davis had open field tackles mm-hmm. that we continued to miss in the past. Right. Um, Devontae so had a great game getting off those screen blocks and, you know, at least slowing down – the screen, the receiver that's the, catching the ball on the screen, you know. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but th- before we get off B. Jones, he pretty much made that uh, Stearns is the running back halfback pass pick himself. It was a Turpin pick, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he pretty much made that because he, I mean, coming like a missile straight into Turpin he, while getting blocked. Um, I'm, I was almost a little scared that he, if he wasn't getting blocked as much, they were going to call, you know, whatever roughing the passer i don't even know what you call it there but targeting pretty, i hate that yeah stuff. targeting roughing the passer what do you want to call it just because like he was coming so fast but he's getting blocked so it's fine you could say you know it looked like he's getting pushed into him so yeah if it was like an assist and like interceptions he would get an assist 100 percent. uh going to another don't um, steal mine no i am stealing it because i wrote no, it down no no yes no i wrote I called, it down I, I called it i called it like 
first week. But yeah, go ahead. The second string D line. Bamaj with that Dude. strip sack changed the game completely. Take one Graham is unbelievable and it's projecting better than Charles O, I think, in the future. Wilbon and DeAndre Christmas Charles did an unbelievable job subbing in for Nelson and all those guys. Uh, like you, you just didn't notice when they were on the field, you know? You can usually tell when your second string D line is on. But I never they were bringing could. them on. They were bringing them on for like the second and longs, and they did an unbelievable job of making those turn into third and longs. Right. Like my dad tapped me on the shoulder. He's like, "Who's fifty-five? I was like, "What? DeAndre's been in." He's like, "Yeah. Why is he in?" I was like, "I don't know, but I can't notice. I didn't notice. You know? Yeah. That's that's literally the best thing you can do for a second string D line. Get those guys a blow. Like make sure that they get kind of their legs back underneath them. You got a big drive. Blah blah blah. blah. Get them back down. Get off." Um, the field of, uh, on, on third down to let your you know, stud rush guys get out there and go get Robinson. And they did a great job with it. Unbelievable. It was Yeah, I, I agree with you on Taquan. And, I mean, Taquan I've saw multiple times. That's a fun name to say. Jeez. Yeah. Uh, I saw him in the backfield multiple times and they actually had a hold called against him, which was or for him. Is that the way of saying that? Against him, whatever. Yeah, whatever. whatever. Like, in the horns. He got a hold thing. called on him. He got helded. He got helded. Uh, yeah, so huge game for him, and then Bamaj with the uh, game-changing fumble. And, like, fumble. you know, no roach, and you just didn't notice that at all. I don't know. It was so great to watch. The we almost didn't game. get that fumble, by the way. Yeah, I know. B. Jones missed it bad. I was very scared that we were not going to get that. But, uh, all right, let's go jump into the bad. Um, let me, let me what, hit on mine since it was kind of along those lines. Um, I'm going to go at it. Hager um, had a little too aggressive of a game. It's kind of hard to say. I mean, it was, like, beyond aggressive for Hager. He – jumped multiple times um we can't afford that later on in bigger games he also couldn't handle the jet sweep still yeah um, <laughs> a little uh. devastating to see and then there were multiple plays and i don't know if this is the right way of saying it but he like ran past the quarterback or the running yeah. back over pursued yeah yeah and, and and that goes to you've always said it hager's aggressiveness but uh at some point it's like man come on like chill out and just make the smart play yeah, I agree. Uh, for my bad, it sucks that we keep on saying this, but I'm sorry I got to. Like, PJ, just a bad, another rough game. I I'm was, indifferent on him. I was very surprised that he didn't start over Josh Thompson. Um, I, he obviously – Orlando just obviously didn't trust Josh Thompson's middle game, which I get, but the athletic presence is there. I don't know how long I'm going to keep on saying that. It's probably going to be all season, but I don't know. That was the he's one the, – He's the John Bonney of this season. Yeah, which is crazy to say, but yeah, you're right. Uh, I guess there's always got to be a scapegoat, and PJ's one. But, I mean, overall, going back to what you started off with, I mean, the defense won that game. Like, no doubt about it, you're an idiot if you think otherwise. Like, they played unbelievable, lights out, four turnovers. What I mean, that's all you got to say, you know? Two weeks in a row holding top 25 teams to 14 and 16 points, so. And two weeks in a row holding top 25 teams to only a field goal in the second half. Hmm. Pretty dangerous. Pretty damn good. What, Twitter fact. Twitter fact of the day. All right, let's jump into it. Voicemails. We've got some really good ones this week. Uh, let's start off with our first uh, female voicemail. Well, hey guys, it's me, um, <laughs> Jordan McGinty. I uh, went to college with y'all. We graduated in, I think, 16 it was. Um, anyway, I can't wait to see y'all soon. And I just wanted to ask a couple of questions. Um, first, I wanted to hear, you know, just how you guys met, how y'all got involved, and how this all got started. 
John, if you could share your favorite memory of Stuart, and Don't Stuart, if you could share your favorite memory of John, that'd nope. be great. I just love to hear it. Um, my next question is when y'all are going to start taking on guests, um, guest callers, guest podcast um, MCs, maybe one day. John's out sick with a cold, and y'all need a, a second a second person to have on the podcast. I know um, Jay Frazier, he's, he's very super knowledgeable, and I think he'd just be a great guest on the show. Um, anyway, I can't wait to hear. I know that it's not Wednesday, and y'all aren't taking questions yet, but I hope y'all consider these questions for next week. Um, hook 'em horn. Thank you, Jordan, with the most oh. awkward hook 'em horns in the world. So, no bias on her, on, I guess, on her suggestion of who should come on air. Yeah, no bias at all on that one. Uh, she was also suggesting that we should have guest speakers and guests, whatever's on, while she was a guest speaker on the podcast. So. Shout out, so Jordan. We will have guest speakers when our technology department figured figured out how to do it. Yes, I guess. One hundred percent. We're working on that. And then, how do we start this? Um, I was in my last semester, and you were working in Austin, and uh, we were bored. I guess. Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. We really sucked, and we just kind of had to vent it out somewhere. And we it was an excuse to drink beer. It was an I excuse realized. to drink beer on like a Wednesday too beer of the week uh we will tell y'all by the end of the episode oh yeah actually... that it's gonna happen that we're gonna change it up this week and it's gonna be at the end of the episode <laughs> um yeah, also Jordan fun fact the... about john and i we've known each other before college we actually met uh, like two years before college so uh, seaside florida what up okay well, let's go over to vince applewhite i'm so sorry vince i don't know how but it cut off early again i'm really sorry but this pretty much sums up saturday night yep Yep, 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 yep. <laughs> I know there's a shot clock now. I've learned that there's a shot clock on this damn thing. We're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it sweet. Caden Stearns for high. And that's it. <laughs> Sorry. Wow, that was going to be really good, too. I know, dude. I felt so bad. I was like, yes, Cotton left a good one. Awesome. Or I mean, Vince left a good one. And oh, then- no. And then, sure enough, it cut off again. I was like, hey, I mean, it's technical difficulties, third time's the charm. I know. I woke up to, that's what I woke up to Sunday morning as soon as I checked my phone. And then I, I was, I was so disappointed. But, um, so, uh, I guess Jordan has the best one this week. All right. Well, we're not done yet. We still got a few. All right. Let's go, oh. uh, over to Beast, Texas. What's up, boys? What a fucking win tonight. Wish yeah. I was able to be there, but I was up in Oklahoma. Two things to say. A, King Stearns is legit. Let's fucking go. And B, is Colin Johnson the best wide receiver that blocks down the field? This is two games in a row where I've been really impressed with his blocking after a catch. Let me know your thoughts. See ya. This is is a two-parter. This is a two-parter. Hold on. Expert analysis, though. I like that. Very expert analysis. Hey, follow up and hook him. What is better? (laughs) Whenever your offense is on the field, should you be quiet or loud? I just finished watching the Oregon game, and whenever Oregon was on offense during overtime, the crowd was was quiet, and the off... Blah. The people were talking about it. (laughs) As Um, fans, we're just trying to make the game better. What should we do? Love you, boys. Good, good, uh, good analysis from Beast Texas. Wait, Colin Johnson's one hundred percent the best blocker downfield. 
Yes, uh, we actually said that earlier on. So I think Bird deserves a shout out on calling what we were. Wow, good job, Bird. Um, but I actually noticed something when I was watching the game again. Our band plays like this annoying. I don't know what the hell you want to call it when we are like on offense. I can't stand it. It's like don't play while we're on offense. Huh? I didn't even notice that. I mean, it wasn't the cow. It was sure wasn't the. Uh, that's no, it wasn't defense. the cow. No, it wasn't the Cowboys on defense. It was the. It, I don't even know what the hell the tone is. We've been doing it for the last couple of years, but it doesn't matter because our offense sucks. But now that we're like rolling, it's like don't play. I found. I, I found my uh, first gripe with the uh, new stadium. You ready for this? Uh, you can t- you can tell Del Conny tomorrow. You probably didn't notice from the TV because it probably cut off. No. What, okay. So think. as the team is done, they're shaking hands. Blah blah. They like right before they start when they usually start playing the Eyes of Texas. They start playing like like pump up music to try and get like the student into it while the whole team is just sitting there staring at the student section. I don't know if the band wasn't ready. That could have easily done it, but like it was. It was kind of weird. It was kind of awkward. Everyone's like about to do the eyes of Texas, and then there's like weird, like you know, like trap music came on, and it yeah, was like a little aggressive. It was a little aggressive. It was one of those like, okay, we that's like the one thing that we could do better, and you just don't have to do it, you know. Um, but all right, one uh, one last voicemail. This is this is a thought provoking one. Hey guys, this is Webb Elliott, a big Hello. fan of the show. Hello. I've been listening to you guys since season one and you guys do a great job um a couple big wins for the horns i i know you guys don't like using the b word which i agree with and don't like but my question is what is more of the b word right now is it texas football or tiger woods thanks guys hell yeah i i've actually i don't know i can't if if Tiger would have won, if that was a major, it's a hundred and ten percent Tiger. But like, it, it's just the tour championship, you know. Like, I don't know. It, I'm so I I've been going back and forth on it so much, and like, I don't think Tiger. I don't I I don't think it's Tiger. I think it's more Texas. Uh, yeah. Sorry, I got distracted by something. But yeah, I think um, it was awesome seeing Tiger win. It was kind of like. An unbelievable by Sunday watching that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looked like Happy Gilmore on the 18th hole. Um, we have made it clear that Texas is not, mm, and we will not be. Mm, we for, are back. We are. We are in the process of returning. In the uh, process of returning. <laughs> but yeah, Tiger is back. I think it'll be fun to watch him in the Ryder Cup and beyond whether he's back or not that was something i think a lot of people have been looking that, forward to yeah all those people on the green on 18 was like one of the coolest things that has happened in a long time but basically to your question web we don't know that's it's kind of a tbd uh we'll see we can figure out one of those within the next few months as far as tiger we're gonna have to wait till uh, april until we're back in augusta but uh thanks again for the voicemail guys keep on submitting those those are awesome those are easily turning into the most fun part of the week but uh let's dive into it our opponents this week the purple wizard from manhattan is uh up in manhattan thank god it is not an 11 a.m game oh my good lord this is the first time in the past two times that we played up there it's at 11 a.m uh let's the, the offensively supposedly snyder named delton the starter tonight i've only seen that in a few places so that's not confirmed more twitter rumors but 
Either way, he's more of the runner. I believe he is number four. Uh, yes, yeah. Milton is a runner, but he's been pretty iffy this year. Right. I feel like him and Thompson have both been pretty iffy. But he supposedly named him the starter tonight. Uh, otherwise, on offense, O-line is weak, a lot weaker than usual. 121st in, in the nation in terms of giving up sacks. They've given up, uh, I believe – close to 16 I think it was around 16 so far this season so four a game Orlando's got to be like chomping at the bit for that especially after this past weekend where he was dialing up uh completely uh, on the on the TCU offensive line that was a little you know not nearly as good but uh what do you what do you got for their speed guys yeah I mean I if Delton's a starter my god the guy can't throw um I mean, he can't, but he's not nearly as good of a throw as Thompson, so I would not expect to see Delton really be the only guy we see out there. Um, speed guys, look out for Alex Barnes, our star running back. He actually randomly has – or sorry, he has 277 yards rushing this year. Um, their offense has really struggled, um, but sadly that's more than the uh, our, our leading rusher. But regardless, um, also number seven, Zuber is their wide receiver threat. He's been there for a while. He's kind of beaten us up for a few years in a row now. So keep an eye on him when uh, Skylar Thompson comes in to throw the ball. Um, but, again, you've kind of already mentioned it. Their offense has struggled this year versus uh, it's like South Dakota State versus Mississippi State and then West Virginia. I think they beat uh, – who the hell did they beat? Not Mississippi State. No, they beat someone. This is a good analysis here. I don't know, but defensively, still a UTSA, rough. UTSA, UTSA, that's right. Oh yeah, yeah. Still another rough year. Um, they're 80th and higher than 80th in the nation in both rushing and pass defense, and 20th in the nation in third down conversions. I want to give a quick shout out number 21, Kendall Adams, uh, All Saints alumni, PTF bro. Uh, but yeah, it's just not your typical uh, Bill Snyder team. I don't know what it is. They just kind of lost some talent from the past few years. But uh, I did see that was probably the most damning stat so far. Uh, Kansas, in terms of S&P Plus, which is like the, basically the most advanced metric in college football, it's kind of like the war of college football, is number 88th in the country, Kansas State number 89th. So that is not good for your Kansas State Wildcats. But, all right, let's jump into it. Hot takes and predictions um, for the game. John? Yeah, so I'm I'm gonna be uh, unfortunately negative Nancy here. Um, to uh, going back and looking at TCU turnover margin was what four four zero right? Yeah. So we the defense won us that game by Stern's picks and the B Jones pick. I think that was kind of what got our offense going in the second half. And Kansas State is a much more disciplined team. Um, in terms of offense and not turning the ball over, uh, if they're running the ball, um, I've got a lot of fears, and I think we lose 24 to 21 in a very, very close one. Um, just not confident going to Manhattan. This team hasn't proved to me that we can win on the road yet. Um, granted, it was only one chance, and I just, I just, I don't, I'm not very confident. So, give your uh, give your fun fact on why it's not fun to play at 11 a.m. there. So, I think you've uh, done it every year. You have to stay more than what is it like an hour and a half away from the damn place to even like have a hotel that can take on a, a football team. So you have to get up at the break of dawn to play at an 11 a.m. game. So you're pretty much half asleep when you start the game in Manhattan. So um, 
thankfully it's not a night game. Thankfully it's not 11 a.m. So we kind of got the happy medium. Yeah, I agree. 2:30 is the best thing that could happen to us. But uh, call your yardman. Fox Sports. Call your yardman. Get your shirts and your te- and your belts and your hats back. The train is rolling. Toot toot. Horns win. 27-13, and hot take, I say Devontae gets a pick, and Beck finally gets that touchdown that he's uh, he's earned this season. Uh, hot take for me, Trey Watson runs for 125. We haven't had like anyone, anyone get near 100 yet. So. No, not even close, really. Okay, let's go. Games of the week real quick. West Virginia attack 11 a.m. No way those tortilla-throwing crazies are going to be up at 11 a.m. is what I said last week, and I was wrong, but I'm still going to say it again. Attack is plus four. Uh, it's basically Coach Cool's, you know, kind of coup de gras if he loses this game, even though they've played so well. Uh, it's the pinnacle of I don't care what the over is, just take it. And this is, like I said, just is tech legit. They'll find out after this game. I kind of like Mount uh, West Virginia minus four, though. Um, well, one, tech was – they didn't play at 11 a.m. last week. They were like a 2.30 or 3.30 game and, and still water. Oh, that was in still water. You're right. Whatever, it doesn't matter. But it's still, they shocked everybody with winning that game. Uh, I agree. I think West Virginia wins and covers. Uh, Lubbock 11 a.m. is just not the environment they need to uh, stop Wilger and the Mountaineer offense. Um, uh, let's see. Moving on. Game day is in Happy Valley. The Ohio State University with their coach back on the sideline. I guess he was back on the sideline last week. But um, going to play Penn State, it's what he said, 630 kickoff? Yeah. Um, Ohio State with Urban Meyer on the sideline. Uh, they had a fluke loss two years ago in Happy Valley. I don't think Penn State's the same team that they were last year without Saquon, obviously, but they have kind of bounced back. You kind of noted that um, bounce back since their terrible first week versus Appalachian State, but don't think it's enough. I think uh, Dwayne Haskins has a good game. Ohio State pulls away late and covers. Dwayne Haskins is the real deal. He's already getting some Heisman nods, even though I think it's two is to win from now on. But I agree, Ohio State pulls it out at the very end, but I still think I might just take Penn State money line. It's just so hard not to. I mean, that environment was going to be absolutely crazy. Uh, next game, also at 6.30, because these people are idiots on TV and NBC's and Notre Dame, weird little... Circle jerk, Stanford at Notre Dame. Uh, Notre Dame is minus four and a half. Stanford got away with murder last week against Oregon. Unbelievable game. And Notre Dame got a defensive fi- they got the defensive coordinator for Wake Forest fired and st- even started a new quarterback. I-, I always like Stanford in these like big away games. They're just like so resilient and such a structured team. Not sure I trust Notre Dame, even if they just blew out Wake Forest. That's not a huge accomplishment. I like, I like the Cardinals plus four and a half. Yeah, I uh, – well, yeah, sorry, I thought you said Notre Dame. I like Notre Dame in this game. Ooh, I think. really? Yeah, I watched Stanford play the Oregon game. Hashtag Pac-12 after dark, sort of. Kind uh, of. Yeah, they – No, it was. They, yeah, it was like a – yeah, it was like 5 o'clock over there, but whatever. Uh, they did not look good. They forced um, a fumble on like the three-yard line. That kind of changed the game. They were down the whole game, and the Oregon kind of gifted it to them. So I think Notre Dame wins and uh, – Wins this game at home. All right. Well, that wraps it up this week. Again, shout out everyone for let's break the record from last week. We'll we'll break fifty thousand listeners from the TCU episode. So keep on listening. Keep on Venmoing for t-shirts. We promise to have those in by OU and delivered to you 
Thanks again, listening. Uh, let's go beat the uh, crazy purple wizard and his little wizardy magic up in Manhattan uh, this week. Keep the train rolling. Let's go. Wins makes this a lot more fun. Sirens are screaming. I can hear them coming down hard. It's time I was leaving. Warm up my getaway car. I know you'd like me to stay. But if I do, they'll haul me away. I won't go easy. After all this time I've done, I've been shooting freely under the table and above the sun. But maybe I won't mind a chain gang with you in line. So call the cops for a ride downtown. I did my picture for the old lockdown. I knew we could both fall flat. Let's just fall and leave it at that Why picket fences Look a lot like iron bars A pink house with shutters Reminds me of old gray walls But this time I won't hide If you're with me on the inside Sound.